This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So it is very hard not to overreact to what happened on Sunday. We waited eight months to see the Cardinals in action once again, and I'm not exactly sure anyone anticipated what we did see on Sunday. As we say good morning here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by Siki, your ticket to great seats. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. It is a week one edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Gentlemen, how are we doing two days after the fact? Now, I know, Drew, because I almost thought about starting this off with some positivity, like, you know, our alma maters, Drew, are, are 2-0. and <laughs> Yeah. Well, Kyle, yours is... Well, doesn't have a head coach. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have currently a head coach. Although, I'll say this, Vance Joseph's brother, right. Mickey Joseph, is yep. now the interim head coach. So we bring it into the Cardinals family as well. But, Drew, are we, are we good two days after the fact? I know players kind of get over losses a lot easier than, well, fans and maybe me. I remember that from last year, <laughs> yes. You, you tend to hold on to them a little bit longer. Uh, but, you know what? I think you take the good, the bad, you uh, you understand, you grow from it, and you understand the fact that you can't be 0-2. You do everything in your power to be 1-1 one one because that is a completely different feeling uh, going into week three. And you look at what you're doing. Again, this is the first time we got a chance to see a lot of these guys together playing out there, the communication, all the things and not to mention their opponent that they had to go up against week one was firing on all cylinders, as good as you could possibly look week one. So you sit there and you scratch your head and say, well, was that because of the preseason preparation that Patrick Mahomes and those guys put in? And in some ways, I think they got even better by getting rid of Tyreek, adding Juju, adding Marquez, does scantling like they have more guys they can distribute the ball to on top of the relationships that already exist so they had a heck of a game plan they looked good and they executed it to a t 44 21 the final but kyle this game was really decided with four minutes to go in the third quarter 37 to 7 the cardinals did not do anything offensively looked bad on defense and yeah, there are some things that need to be corrected ASAP, and then there might just be some things that can't be corrected this week or next week. Yeah, to, to me, the biggest concern is, you know, I wish some of the answers coming out post game were, well, um, we just didn't drop the right plays, we didn't execute the plays. But when you hear things like, um, you know, we weren't prepared for what the Chiefs could bring. I mean, it was pretty obvious how the Chiefs are going to be prepared, what type of offense they had, what type of success Patrick Mahomes has had in openers. I mean, going to the AFC Championship game four years in a row. So you knew who was coming in. And then you hear things like um, Kyler saying the team was feeling themselves. I don't understand what they were feeling after coming off of the the way last season ended in the playoff performance. Um you know, it seemed like a team that has been established, that has been good over the last several years, and the Chiefs had far more motivation and played harder and played with more intensity from the start than the Cardinals did. Now, saying that, 
the good news is is that's something you can fix. You can the players can go back and say, hey, we've got to ramp it up. We've got to pay more attention to detail and practice, and we've got to come out with more intensity, more energy. Those things you can fix. And so, you know, if you can find a little encouragement from that performance when the Cardinals looked flat for most of the game was that's not going to be the same type of energy they're going to have the rest of the season. You brought up Kyler Murray. Let's hear from the Cardinals quarterback post game on Sunday. Key moments in that game, we hurt ourselves. I know I know we hurt ourselves, shot ourselves in the foot in a lot of those moments. There's no shying away from what happened. But uh, as far as us, you look in the mirror, um, attention to detail, the little things, the little things, the little things. Uh, we did not execute in the moments where you know we, we needed to. And that, that's, that's what happens when you play a good team. Certainly the Kansas City Chiefs, Drew, are a very good team. And no one dismissed them. And I think for a lot of what the narrative was going into this 2022 regular season, everyone's talking everyone but Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes probably wanted to make a little bit of a statement, especially against his college head coach. And he did that with five touchdown tosses. But as we look at the Cardinals, everything is going to be said correctly this week. Now it's a matter of, right, what do we see Sunday in Las Vegas? Yeah, well, again, you're trying to figure out the identity of this team minus DeAndre Hopkins. We saw the effect that it had last year when he was out, and you're trying to mix and match pieces. I mean, I would like to think or hopefully think or that part of that was the fact that Rondell Moore wasn't out. He was part of the game plan, I would assume, because you see Greg Dortch with nine targets, and that's alarming. That should not happen. No disrespect to Greg Dortch. He had a phenomenal preseason. He deserves to be on this team. But with the firepower you have offensively, if he is getting nine targets and he's your leading pass catcher, there's huge concern there. So hopefully they can get Rondell back. Uh, going back to Kyle's point, the other thing, attitude and effort have to be a given at this level. You don't have to have somebody else motivate you to go out and play a football game, especially week one. You should be chomping at the bit to get out there. And from the very first snap, it looked like a team showed up that was hungry and ready to play, and we weren't that team. So can you change that? For sure. But it's alarming on top of the fact that some of the things that crept up on them last year in practice of saying, okay, well, somebody makes a mistake, it's not okay to make mistakes in practice. That will manifest itself and magnify itself come game day of, okay, this guy ran the wrong route, or we didn't hit the blitz correctly here, or this guy's not in the right gap. All of those things matter, especially when you're playing against a great football team. Again, that's firing on all cylinders. You're not doing that at the same time when you pull back and you look at it from a bird's eye view. It's one game. It's one game against a good football team that you know is going to make a deep run in the playoffs, and it's a measuring stick. It's way below where you want to be, but it's not going to deter you from where you need to go week two. First offensive snap of the game for the Cardinals in a legal shift. You script the first, what, 10, 15 plays, yeah. so everyone should know what they're supposed to do. Now, the penalty was declined, but still, that's your first offensive snap of the season. Yeah, I mean, the whole operation, again, it looked like a team that hadn't been out there for preseason and just little things, miscues, um, being on the same page and, and miscommunications and the operation, all of it, it looked sloppy. Uh, and that's going to get corrected. That that will not be the main. And there was even a chance for them coming back, if you think about pivotal plays or pivotal drives in the game, they had a chance to go in and try and tie it up, before, or not tie it up, but be down one score, getting the ball in halftime. 
as soon as they didn't get that, you kind of felt the air come out of the stadium. When it was 21-7, they were driving. I thought Cliff did a phenomenal job of sticking with the run game and trying to do that. That's something he seemed to abandon a little bit too early last year, in my opinion. These games are fourth quarter games. They come down to that, and you just want to give somebody like Kyler the ability to stay in a game. And the easiest way to do that is to hit that magic number of 30 rushes. And he stuck with it. He allowed James to kind of get into a flow. They did a really nice job of that. They just couldn't convert it there to get points. In, and that's really where it started to lose grips on everything. Chiefs scored on their first three possessions. Cardinals scored their only touchdown on possession number two when we talk about the first three quarters because this was a three-quarter ball game for all intents and purposes. 44-21 overall was the final. More from Kyler Murray after what happened on Sunday. You can either start sulking about it or you can, you know, look it in the mirror and for what it is, uh, attack it because, you know, it's a long season. We got punched in the mouth. How do you respond? Simple. Well, I think this team will respond well. You hope that they respond well, Kyle, because they're going to be under the microscope. There's going to be a huge spotlight on this team because there is an expectation. You meant you go to the playoffs last season. The expectation is to be back there and repeatedly go back to the postseason. Now, 0-1 is not a death sentence. Neither is 0-2, but it's how you get to 0-1 and 0-2 if the Cardinals, unfortunately, don't come out with a win on Sunday against the Raiders. What we saw, just passing the eye test, that was uh, a failure in every aspect. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, You you can't pinpoint one group. You can't pinpoint one player um, that really struggled. It was um, uh, really across the board. Um, Each each group needs to step up. And there were opportunities, like Drew talked about. Um, There were several opportunities to gain some momentum back, to make a big play, and it just didn't happen. you know, it's it, the the good thing is is it's early, and um, there is good leadership in this locker room. There is guys that um, felt the sting of, of a disappointing end to the season and are going to put their foot down and get back to work today. Um, so you, you can expect the the level of play to be higher. Um, it's just the concerning thing is is it, it, it there's not one thing you can pinpoint and say, okay, if we can just do this better, we're gonna we're gonna hang in there and we're gonna be a better team. We're gonna win a lot of games. Um, each man in this locker room needs to take a hard look at themselves, figure out what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, and how they can step up their game to help this team because um, it's, it's, it's going to have to come from everybody. It starts, though, at the top. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. The biggest jump you make as a team is from week one to week two, and we have to understand that. Look like you know preseason week one for us, and, and that's not good enough. And, and so this week has to be tight and focused, and uh, we got to perform at a high level all week if you want to play well on Sunday. We'll see about the injuries because right now we just don't know, and I don't even think Kingsbury knows. Justin Pugh remains day-to-day, as does J.J. Watt. Kingsbury says it wasn't sure if Rondell Moore will practice on Wednesday, but... They have enough on offense, Drew, to where seven points is doable in the first five minutes of a game, not through three quarters of a game. Yeah, well, again, part of that might have played into the fact that Rondell got hurt midweek and the game plan had to get adjusted. I think also, too, you start scoreboard watching, you're saying, man, that you start pressing a little bit, you see them score on their first three possessions. All of that's going to adjust how you go about the game. What they're going to have to be prepared for this week, though, is – Josh McDaniels has a bad taste in his mouth. They had a chance to win games. They kind of gave that one away with turnovers and silly stuff and against a good football team they could have been able to beat. So he's going to make in-game adjustments. Can Vance Joseph do that? 
you know, can Cliff Kingsbury do that within a game to kind of alter what's going on? Okay, this isn't working. Can we go to a plan B within that? You know, you looked at Zach Ertz and you saw that he was on a snap count or a pitch count to be able to do that. You've got to be able to get the ball in your best player's hands. I thought, you know, I was surprised when you look at the stats and offensively, they really didn't play that poorly. They just didn't put points on the board. And you look at what they were doing, and, and Kyler looked comfortable. He looked confident in there. Again, that's got to be something that carries over, and you build from some of these positives. But to get A.J. Green more involved, to get Hollywood Brown more involved as opposed to a touchdown you know, in the fourth quarter that's meaningless, finding out your identity, and that's what Cliff was kind of alluding to, Week one's about finding who you have, who's available, what you're going to do. Week two is about fitting all of those pieces into the puzzle now, moving forward, and who you can really try and ride as long as you can to be able to take advantage come game week. Everyone in that locker room, Kyle, has got to look at the mirror themselves, but does there have to be someone, and it can't come from the head coach or position coach, but someone in that locker room standing up, making a speech, or doing something to kind of rally the troops, if you will. Yeah, it definitely has to come from the players. Um, Like we talked about, there's no excuse for not being motivated, mentally ready into a game. Um, I understand there will be games where you just completely lay an egg, you do not play well, but not being focused, not being ready, um, not paying attention to details coming into the opener, none of those things are excusable. And a lot of that comes down to the leadership in the locker room. And there is plenty of leadership in this locker room, so I, I have... You know, I feel good that it will get corrected moving forward. Just getting started here on this Tuesday edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. When we come back, maybe the turning points of what happened on Sunday. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap. Mahomes drops back to throw. And he zings it over the middle complete. 30-yard line. Fumble. Smith-Schuster fumbled it. Recovered by Byron Murphy. At the 42-yard line. And the Cardinals in business with 58 seconds to go. It was punched out by Dennis Gardeck from behind. Oh, my goodness. Gardeck the Barbarian. Murray takes the snap. He's going to throw. Pumps right. Now backing up left. Throws left side. Incomplete. It looked like he was going to go to Dorch initially, and he stumbled. 54-yard try for Butker, who's injured. Seven seconds to go in the half. Snap, spot, the kick is up. The kick has plenty of leg, and the kick is good. Just an unfortunate series of events to end the first half in Sunday's 44-21 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. A great play by Dennis Gardeck to get the ball loose. Byron Murphy with the recovery, and with 58 seconds left to go, three timeouts, Cardinals have the ball at the Kansas City 42-yard line at worst. You kick a field goal. Hopefully, you get six plus the extra point. Go in with a touchdown. You get the ball to begin the second half, and you're right back into it. Obviously, as Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley described on the broadcast, that is not what happened in that play. Cardinals go four downs, turn it over on downs, and Butker gets the 54-yard field goal. Kyle and I discuss the play call, the decision on fourth and two on Sunday and Cardinal Talk. We both had no issue with the play call, which wasn't executed properly or well enough. Unfortunate, Dorch stumbles. Drew, obviously hindsight being 20-20, but it would have been a 51-52 yard field goal for Matt Prater. Or at that point in the game when you're down 13, 
you can't settle for field goals. Yeah, I think at that point when you know that you're going to be in a shootout because they're not stopping. You see the way and the flow of the game that Patrick Mahomes and what he was doing. I, I love the call there. I think the execution was the only thing. Again, the it just didn't add up for them. A, a little bit of a stumble there by Greg Dortch. It happened so quick, and from everybody's perspective or sitting in the stands, it's like, well, why didn't he just stick with them? It has to happen quick because that guy in the rub and the mesh that they have going on, that defender's running the hoop and, and able to get on him, and then you've got to get to number two and number three. And then everybody else's complaint was, well, then why did he just throw it up and try and make a play? He was under duress. He's got to try and find a place. If he just throws it up and it gets picked off, and return for a touchdown, then people are going to be even more up in arms. So it's not like he's in the red zone where he has the luxury of saying, I can throw up a 50-50 ball, it won't get returned or anything like that. Uh, you don't want to make a bad situation worse as a quarterback. And I thought Kyler did everything he could within those confines of the plays. Would he have loved to instinctually just look back right one more second to feel good about dumping it off to Dorch? Sure, but it didn't happen. And again, I thought the call was great. The the coverage matched up with exactly what you want to do. It just didn't come to fruition. And then, the you know, on the flip side, they go down and get points, which really hurt. Torch was wide open. He would have easily gained the first down, maybe even scored a touchdown in that because there was no one on the right side of the field. Again, things like that happen, but you pinpoint certain situations in a game, Kyle, and you're like, okay, right there, perhaps the game was decided, and I think it was because you had a deflated team going into the locker room at halftime. Yeah, you did. Uh, they just missed an opportunity there. You know, one thing, uh, the Cardinals looking back at last season when they went through that great run to start the season, they did that so many times. They always came away with points, not always, but most of the time came away with points on their last drive of the half. Um, at the end of games, they were so good in those types of situations, and um, to come up empty there was obviously deflating. Um, saying that, they still had an opportunity. Um, they needed to come out in the second half, regain some momentum, put a nice drive together and get some points. Um, they had a penalty that killed a drive on their first drive, and then they went three and out on their second drive. And at that point, um, you know, it, it was over after that. So, you know, it, even into the second half, in spite of how lopsided it looked in the first half, they still had opportunities to get themselves back in the game. Um, I think coming away, you know, listening to Cliff talk about their weapons going in, he still talked about, in spite of their injuries, how much speed they had and, and how to utilize all of that speed. And you just didn't see the opportunity for explosive plays. And part of that was how Kansas City was playing on the back end. But part of it was, you know, sometimes when you have a guy like Hollywood Brown, when you have Andy Isabella, when you have Greg Dortch, who's also a burner, you've got to try to stretch the field and take some shots and give your guys an opportunity to make plays. I think there was only maybe one deep shot specifically to Hollywood, and it wasn't until the second half. Now, again, coverage dictates some of that, but also, Drew, I want to get your thoughts on this, but Kyle, sometimes not force it, but if Hollywood Brown is your de facto number one wide receiver while D-Hop is on the sideline, why not look his direction yeah, more? I, I completely agree. I mean, he was a huge addition to this team. Um, I, I think you just got to feed him. I mean, he's shown the ability, you know, not just he and Kyler's connection in college, but the things he did in Baltimore, his ability to make the big play. Um, you know, I, I think you just have to take those shots and try to feed him. You brought him here for a reason. You gave up your first-round draft pick for a reason, and it was for games like this when you can't get things going, um, you try to target him, particularly down the field, for an explosive play. Hollywood only targeted once in the first quarter, once in the second quarter. He got on target more in the second half, but again, by that time, the game was over. Easier said than done, Drew, for us to say, just throw the ball to Hollywood. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you thought Greg Dortch would have had a touchdown on the fourth down, <laughs> as you just said. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. He had a lot uh, of green in front of him. Yeah, our perspective is different. And saying that, right, the best way to attack a defense that has split safeties, right, the Spagnuolo style of defense, because you don't have those one-on-one matchups. It's not like you can just throw go balls to them and say, hey, we're going to complete one of these, right? You've got to be able to establish the run game. And when a lead has been diminished and you know you're one-dimensional at that point, they, they can sit there in two safeties and say, okay, we'll give up two, three, four yards of carry um, because those safeties are not coming up to be able to do that and fill and run support. And, and that changes the onset of how you can attack that structure of a defense because it's those posts, it's those deep overs, all of these things that where you have to try to displace these safeties or get them to attack or, or take wrong angles, and then the one-on-ones come. When they know they have the help of the safety and, and there's you know a quarters coverage or anything like that, it's hard to complete deep shots at that point. That's the whole premise of it, of, of when you find success against them is when the run game really gets ramped up, and we just never had the uh, opportunity to do it this week. Going back to that moment in the second quarter where you do not convert on fourth down and the Chiefs end up getting three more points, here's Cliff Kingsbury discussing that moment in the second quarter. Against his team, you got to take advantage of all the opportunities you get. Uh, they're really good offensively. Um, Pat is a phenomenal player, obviously, and, and we, we needed to score there going into the half, and we didn't. And um, then we come out second half and don't get any points either, and I just kind of got out of hand at that point. The two first possessions, or the first two possessions of the second half, Kyle, you referenced it. Penalty by Calvin Beecham. Kyler Murray gets sacked. And in your second possession after the Chiefs had scored, it's a three and out. There was that deep shot to Hollywood Brown that they did not connect. And again, it's just deflating going into the locker room and deflating coming out of the locker room. But let's take you post game inside the locker room. I thought Dennis Gardeck really captured the moment with Paul Calvisi post game. How much of it do you think was Kansas City? How much of it was what the Cardinals did not do? No, it's all it's us. Um, the one thing we do know is it wasn't good enough. We're going to look ourselves in the mirror and get better, um, improve in every aspect from preparation to details to focus to, to whatever else we can correct, and we're going to get better. Focus on us. One of those controllables is energy, intensity. Did you like it? Did, did you like the temperature of the team coming in? No, got to be better every phase. I don't know if there's such a thing as a turning point in a 44-21 game, but when the Cardinals failed to get points and then the Chiefs did get a field goal at the end of the first half, did that feel like a bit of a momentum swing or at least disheartening a little bit? Yeah, you can't put it on any one thing. We need to improve in every single area in every possible way. What do you do with this film, Dennis? Do you learn from every aspect or do you just throw it out, move on, and hit reset? Uh, I think the biggest thing that we got to do is let it sting. This is not Cardinal football. We have an opportunity to be a, a great team. And I think if, if we let this sting and we don't move on too quick, we understand what this feels like, we can rally behind it. And, and week one, we've got the rest of the season to go. Let's turn this into a positive. Any particular message from your head coach? You guys just broke the locker room moments ago. Uh, it's, it's not us. Um, that's not who we are. We're going to fix every single aspect. The best thing about this team, everybody's going to look themselves in the mirror tonight, um, evaluate the tape, get better from it, and, and come out with a heightened sense of focus, urgency, and discipline. We'll break down the matchup coming up against the Las Vegas Raiders as far as what the Raiders bring offensively and defensively. I liked what I heard out of Gardek, Kyle, and I think everyone's in agreement. When you wear that C on your chest, you need to step up and answer some tough questions, as Gardek did postgame. What you don't want is, for now, all of a sudden, guys trying to do too much because this team is desperate to erase what happened Sunday and go to one and one 
Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, particularly talking about the defense, is guys just need to focus on their job. It looked like at times um, there was too much confusion. Um, there was issues with pre-snap motions and shifts. Um, guys being in the right spot and created good angles for receivers to get open. Um, it looked like there was confusion pre-snap about where to line up. So um, I, I think, you know, and that, that has to be the message going to the team. Like, look, we can fix this. Everybody just has to do their job and not worry about everybody else's job. It, like you said, once you start trying to do too much, trying to make up for another player on the defense that you think might be out of position, not being able to do their job, that's when you really get beat and that's when you have problems. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, it's it's not a simple solution, but to a degree it is. You know, I, I think – Again, to a man, um, I can't tell you who played really well, either offensively or defensively. There's players that played hard. There's players that didn't make killer mistakes. But every player in this locker room needs to take a hard look and figure out, okay, am I doing my job? What can I do today to be better at my job to make sure that these mistakes don't continue going forward? It's going to be fascinating to see what happens on Sunday. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals' first trip to Allegiant Stadium. This team played well, real well on the road. Not so well at home. Hopefully that narrative of 2021 does not resurface here in 2022, but all we have is a one-game sample size, so we will see coming up on Sunday. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. We'll look at the Cardinals on offense against a Raiders defense that has a very familiar face on that side of the ball. Chandler Jones now wearing the silver and black. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. We do it every Tuesday all year round, 11 a.m., right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Five-step drop, pressure off the edge, Goff hit, the ball comes out. Chandler Jones with the strip sack. I guarantee you right now, Jared Goff doesn't have a single hair on his back (laughs) because the backwaxer extraordinaire, Chandler Jones, with a Ph.D. in backwaxing, took out Jared Goff. By the way, Chandler Jones, do you prefer Sackmaster, you know, Sackman, or maybe Wolf's backwaxer? What what do you prefer? What is the proper title? (laughs) Wait, before I tell you my preference... Can I impersonate him really fast? Oh, no, no, Absolutely. no. Absolutely. You're not going to. Chandler Jones, a Ph.D. in back waxing. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. I, really I sound just like him. Chandler I sound just like awful. Everyone does a Wolfley impersonation. I think it's mandatory here with the Arizona Cardinals. But no one waxed more backs wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform than Chandler Jones, the franchise record holder in sacks, six seasons with the Cardinals, and now in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform. Did not have a sack week one, and the Raiders lost to the Chargers 24-16. But I'm expecting a very motivated Chandler Jones, Kyle, and both of you can answer this. When you play your former team, and whether it was Chandler's decision or the team's decision, he's not here anymore. And it just so happens week two, they get to see Chandler Jones. Yeah, it's like uh, showing up at a party and your old girlfriend's there. Well, you want to have show up with somebody 
cuter and nicer than she was, right? Like you want to say, hey, with my new team, I'm better off. You guys didn't want me. Look look what you're missing, you know? And, and I've been in that situation. Um, sometimes got a little too amped up playing former teams, but um, – you know, you can expect that he'll be ready, he'll be on his game, and, and there's a lot of familiarity. I mean, you're practicing um, against, in, you know, the in offensive line last year, and now you're going against him this year. So he knows our offensive line, he knows DJ Humphreys, he knows Calvin Beecham, he knows their tendencies, how they set, what things work against them. Um, he can probably share some, you know, insight uh, with the Raiders organization. So um, you can expect him to have a good game. And, um, you know, there's not going to be many games this year either. I mean, Max Crosby was incredibly productive in in their first game, but he didn't come away with any sacks either. Um, that's, that's not going to last too long. Raiders defense, no sacks, three quarterback hits. Chandler Jones won, Max Crosby two against the Chargers on Sunday. But seeing Chandler Jones and whatever you want to say about the number of sacks he does, you do have to account for where he is on the field. That was to the benefit of the Cardinals for a long time. Now, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, you got to be aware where 55 is lining up. Yeah, I mean, he does a tremendous job of wrecking games, right? But the problem is they have Max Crosby, too. So you can't just slide protection to him. You can't do that. The big thing you need to do is just not let Chandler get into a rhythm early on. Max is relentless. He's going to keep coming for four quarters no matter what. If you can frustrate Chandler, if you can chip him, if you can move the pocket, if you can do all these different things and not let him get into a flow, uh, and you damn sure better not let him get one early on because he is going to keep coming and coming and coming, as we saw last year against the Titans. Just don't let him get started is the is the big key there. And, again, they know that. They know that he's going to be wanting to put on a show for a fan base and everybody. And, and he was a tremendous asset to this team for a long period of time. Being a teammate of his, he was a great teammate. He did so much for this organization. But there's the business side of this. And he moved on. He got a lot of money to go there and get after the quarterback. And that's what he plans to do. Well, if you focus too much on Chandler Jones, then you have, as you mentioned, Drew, Max Crosby on the other side. And that is someone who had 10 tackles on Sunday in week one. And you have to make sure you're aware of him as well. Otherwise, he can wreck an offense. Yeah, and the big thing is just staying ahead of the chains, right? Like trying to be where you need to be within certain down and distance. The Chargers did a tremendous job of being able to keep everybody off balance. They weren't there with a stagnant, hey, it's first down. Let's try and get in a second down and manageable. They did play action on first down. They threw screens. They did inside screens, outside screens. They did sprint outs. They did RPOs. All of these things were frustrate defensive ends that try to get after the quarterback. And then if you do get in a third and long situation just be smart get the ball out try and do something that you can't allow him or max crosby to make a game-changing play and alter the onset of the game and who does max remind you of a young kyle vandenbosch but kyle corrected me kyle see he's he's more knowledgeable i just want to throw in that tidbit (laughs) he said jared allen which i agree with more okay i mean could be compared to worse players, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have all those cool pass rush moves. I was just going hard. That's all. That's all I. You had, had the contacts though. That's those right. those terrified <laughs> people still around the league. He is known as the guy with the red contacts and just <laughs> 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 yeah. deliberately wearing red contacts. Just to just said, or was there a reason behind it? Uh, initially, there was a reason. Um, there, it's like wearing sunglasses in your eyes okay. when you play games outdoors. Um, it takes some of the brightness away, but then it kind of became my thing. <laughs> Can you suit up this week, Kyle? Just for one, just for one <laughs> no, more snap. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing left.
<laughs> Cardinals again looking to avoid an 0 and 2 starts. Cardinals and the Raiders. 125 is the kickoff. 8:30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. We know that the Raiders defense. Yeah, everyone's going to focus on Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, but the Cardinals do have enough offensive weapons, according to the head coach Cliff Kingsbury, to get a W even without a DeAndre Hopkins. We have a bunch of playmakers, and, and we should be able to be playing at a high level very quickly. Um, after watching the film, had some things, and um, just have to be cleaner. But you, you get playmakers like that, Zach, you know, playing the full game, and Rondell, and um, Hollywood more comfortable. Got to get AJ more involved. Yeah, I feel like we can we can get going on that side of the ball. Zach Ertz should be a little bit better. Again, he was on a pitch count. He suffered what he's called a bad setback in training camp coming back from that calf injury. So if he's a little bit better, maybe you have Rondell Moore. That certainly would help. But we go back to Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green. Both of those wide receivers were basically non-existent for three quarters of the game on Sunday. Yeah, well, Kyler's at his best when he's just playing freely and when he's dispersing the ball where it needs to go and he's not trying to zero in on somebody we saw him struggle a couple years ago doing that of force feeding DeAndre and when he was at his best last year he was just playing he was letting the defense come to him of what he was trying to take and do all these things so I would look for yes you want to find ways or have plays on your call sheet that say okay this is the way to get the ball in Hollywood Brown's hand this is the way to try and create something here in this down and distance for AJ all of those things matter but at the same time Kyler can just press the envelope a little bit more and saying this is what I need to do don't force anything again his stats weren't alarming he didn't lose the game for the team he just didn't have an opportunity to go out there and win it so his patience was really nice I liked seeing that from a quarterback's perspective but now having a full week to go off of that game film to understand what they need to do again add certain wrinkles in and adjust stuff or even maybe get to stuff that he liked that they didn't have the opportunity last week so again there's so many guys that can make the plays and we just need to see it actually come to fruition on Sunday how about more James Conner established the run he got 10 carries but only 26 yards there was not much for him to work with but if you can get the ground game going then that certainly would help and open open up the passing game yeah and and again that was the story through the early part of last season right you didn't become one-dimensional you hung in games you put drives together James Conner was incredibly effective um, throughout the early part of last season Um, and and, you know to me the the biggest play the biggest momentum that this offense had on Sunday was when it was a called run play for Kyler Murray mix in a couple of those keep the defenses honest Um, that's the extra threat he adds I mean we all know his arm talent we all know he can put the ball anywhere he wants but when he pulls that ball down he can eat up yards in a hurry and it keeps defenses more honest 21-yard design run, and it set up James Conner's two-yard touchdown run. You'd see more of that, and we did early on in Kyler's career when things weren't working on offense, we would see him just take over. I know he would prefer not to, but in certain situations, it's got to fall on his shoulders. Yeah, uh, that's what happens. I mean, he's the franchise quarterback. Um, He's the one guy that can lift this team and put it on his shoulders and make incredible plays that gets this team back in games. Um, You know, it just they just got so far behind on Sunday. He didn't have that opportunity, but um, we've all seen it throughout his career. He can do some incredible things and and pull you know a rabbit out of a hat at any moment. Cardinals hoping to avoid an 0-2 start on Sunday again at the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. We'll continue to break down this matchup here and focus on what the Cardinals' defense is facing against Derek Carr and company. And, oh yeah, Devontae Adams is now wearing the silver and black, and he looked very, very good in Week 1. 
It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch kind of looking back and looking forward here in the early goings of the 2022 regular season. No, all is not lost, but you certainly do not want to fall into an 0-2 hole to begin a season that had so much expectation going into it, coming off a playoff appearance. Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Carr claps his hands, now gets the ball, back to pass again, fires towards the end zone, Adams, diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown, just inside the pylon, what a throw and catch! The Fresno connection works for the Raiders. The accuracy of Derek Carr pays off huge. Devontae Adams reaches out, great catch, balls across the goal line. The collective voices of Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the Raiders radio network. Yeah, Devontae Adams in his first game with the Raiders, reunited with his college teammate Derek Carr. Adams, 10 catches, 141 yards, and that touchdown targeted 17 times reminds me of deandre hopkins first game in a cardinals uniform targeted 16 times 14 catches when the cardinals beat the 49ers that's kind of what i was expecting for hollywood brown on sunday drew yet it didn't materialize you got the college quarterback and the college wide receiver reunited on the nfl stage raiders were able to make it happen cardinals were not well we'll be optimistic when deandre hopkins gets back that he'll have that kind of performance because look being in the slot is such a difference maker. When you can do that, you give guys two-way goes. Devonta Adams is so good in the slot, and that's why he's so hard to cover. What is Vance Joseph going to do? Is he going to try and in and out him? Is he going to double him? What can you do? And you saw Derek Carr looking for him. I watched that tape. I saw how often he was finding ways to get the ball in his hands. 17 targets is a huge number, and it was early and often, and he got him involved right away. Good quarterbacks No, you have to get your best players involved right away or else they start to lose interest. Devontae Adams is as good as it gets in this league, and you can say what you want about their connection in college. You could throw a lot of quarterbacks that would put their hand up to get Devontae Adams on their team and go out and have a similar performance. Adams targeted six times in the first quarter. Three of the first four offensive plays went his direction. Of course, they do have a good running back in Josh Jacobs. Didn't carry the ball a ton, but average almost six yards a carry so if you're the Cardinals defense yeah where is Devontae Adams but don't forget about that guy in the backfield yeah Josh Jacobs can take over a game he, he runs the ball hard um, you know he's had huge games in the past so he's obviously somebody you got to account for I mean this is another team with just a ton of weapons when you have Darren Waller at tight end who you know is capable of huge games and, and can destroy your defense and you have Hunter Renfro who's one of the most reliable receivers in the NFL. Um, the defense is definitely going to have their challenge. Saying that, um, you know, I, it, one thing that can really help is if our pass rush steps up this week, if we're able to get more pressure. I mean, they have an unsettled offensive line. Their center is going to be out. Um, Derek Carr was hit nine times through three interceptions and fumbled twice. So that's one way um, you can expect Vance Joseph to try to attack this offense is just try to get pressure, get guys in that backfield, and get them in, in Derek Carr's face early. Uh, an early preview on that game. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury specifically on Josh McDaniels and the Raiders' offense. They're really good. I mean, the, the skill is tremendous. Some of the best players in the league, tight end, running back, receiver, and then Josh McDaniels. I know him really well, and um, one of the smartest offensive minds I've ever been around or, or um, known. And, and so it'll be it'll be a huge challenge. 
Kyle, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Derek Carr's stat line, not great. Picked off three times, sacked five times, fumbled twice. But that offensive line, they were rotating guys at right guard, rotating players at right tackle. But Derek Carr's been in this league for a long time. He knows what I would think to expect coming on Sunday. But if there's no one in helping him in front, as far as keeping those guys off of him, it could be another long day for Derek Carr. Yeah, he's long been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he's thrown for 4,000 yards each of the last four seasons. So um, he has the ability to put together a great game. Um, you know, you can expect them to make the, the proper adjustments, uh, whether it be adding more protection for him so he's got some time to throw or him getting the ball out quicker. But, um, you know, Derek Carr's he's he's – you know, I don't know if he's elite, but he's pretty close at times. When when he's rolling, he's a really good quarterback in this league. So, um, again, I, I think you've got to get him off the spot. You've got to get him moving, make him uncomfortable, because if he's comfortable in that pocket, um, he could be deadly. Don't know the status of J.J. Watt for this week or cornerback Trayvon Mullen, the former Raider who was acquired by the Cardinals. Yet, when you talk about affecting a quarterback, Drew, it's about – getting him off his spot and is there enough to cut what Kyle mentioned earlier is there enough of a pass rush because last week Patrick Mahomes was not sacked at all yeah it's a different style play from quarterback I think there are times and Derek Carr is underrated but he's also given pause to a lot of people of putting him in that upper echelon because he can go out and he can have multiple games like he had last week he can go out and lose a game for you as quickly as he can win one with turnovers forcing the ball and he looked uncomfortable at times he never settled in he missed some throws his feet were out of whack you can do that, but you also have to be careful because as soon as you start bringing pressure, you bring in extra guys, you're going to create a harder time on the back end for these guys. They've got to hold up longer. They've got to be able to do that when you don't have a quote-unquote elite pass rusher right now like Khalil Mack that can just get after the quarterback and, and only bring four. So I would try to get after him with four, make him uncomfortable, get line games, cloud his vision up, try to not let him settle in, and then if you can't do that, that's when you start attacking and blitzing. But you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful because of all of the weapons they have, as Kyle mentioned before. The thing that concerns me most, again, the two leading tacklers on this team, or our safeties. Anytime that happens, when you have those two safeties that are the two top tacklers, it's going to be a long day for our defense, and the proof's in the pudding right there. A lot was made on how many times the Cardinals blitzed Patrick Mahomes unsuccessfully because Mahomes picked the Cardinals' defense apart. Can you do the same with the Derek Carr? And I think Vance Joseph is limited because you're trying to manufacture a pass rush if you can't get there with just four. Yeah, you can overload guys, especially if they're rotating on the offensive line, guys that haven't been in there. You can try to find ways to get creative. And Patrick does such a good job of extending plays. He can throw from a lot of different platforms. Derek will try to, and that's where hopefully you can take advantage. So it's a total different entity of who you're dealing with at that position. Again, you have to respect him for who he is. He can throw and he can do everything you need him to do. It's just not at the level consistently like you would expect from a Patrick Mahomes. And another opportunity here for your two inside linebackers, although I say that with an asterisk when I talk about Isaiah Simmons, but he and Zayvon Collins, there was some good moments and some not-so-good moments in Week 1. You certainly would expect Simmons to be further along considering this is Year 3 and he is wearing the green dot by his own admission. He did not play well on Sunday. Yeah, neither one of them 
played particularly well. I mean, I don't know how much stock you take in the pro football focus grades, but the, neither one of them graded out well. And and that's what, you know, the eyeballs said when you're watching that game. At times, you know, you, you see Isaiah Simmons um, trailing receivers. You um, see him late in the open field to get to a tackle. Um, you know, an inconsequential play. He dropped uh, what could have been an interception that was right in his hands. Um, you know, Zayvon Collins showed up on the stat sheet. Um, it was a part of a lot of tackles and, and was was in there, but you know you can still see areas of his game that he needs to improve as well. And um, you know the good thing is they both have the physical ability. They both have the willingness and talk about you know how they need to step up their game. So, um, but you do need better play, particularly with the running back like Josh Jacobs. Um, you need them in the box making more plays so that our safeties aren't constantly coming up having to make the tackles, as Drew alluded to. Collins still leading with that shoulder as opposed. to to with his hands to shed a block and that's why he hurt himself twice last season if it keeps going he's going to find himself on the sideline again because he's hurt yeah and, and it's just bad technique I mean you're not going to make many plays taking on blocks with the shoulder I mean you essentially velcro yourself to the offensive lineman that's exactly what they want you know you you've got to be able to use your hands you've got to be able to shed blockers and at times play both sides of the block so that you you can be a playmaker and and don't just relegate yourself one for one a lot was asked, uh, both Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. Drew, you referenced the fact that they were your top two leading tacklers, and it could be because right now they're your most effective players on defense to where they're going to be asked to do a lot, and how many of those tackles are in the secondary versus closer to the line of scrimmage because one or both have to cover a wide receiver because there's just no depth at the cornerback position. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be give and take at everything you do and philosophically how you go about that. And part of it could be, okay, Let's see if Isaiah Simmons is capable of guarding Travis Kelsey one-on-one. We got that answer. So you move on to that and you go to the next option. You try and do different things with him. Hopefully that will lead you to believe how you can go about trying to stop somebody like Darren Waller because Devontae Adams is going to be a problem in and of himself. Cliff Kingsbury mentioned on Monday that, again, they prefer Byron Murphy to play inside, but right now they can't afford to because of the lack of cornerback depth. But what do you do with Devontae Adams? Does Isaiah Simmons match up against Darren Waller, or is there someone else? Certainly something that we will all wait to see again. Cardinals and Raiders Week 2, 125 is the kickoff. And, of course, we'll reconvene here in one week's time and discuss, is it 1-1 one one or is it 0-2? Oh it is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Special thanks to our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Mamahundro, technical director, Zach Larson. For Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.